We didn't wake up at 7 a.m., so we hope you don't listen at 7 a.m. to this edition of the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and uh, this week I'm drinking a beer from Graysdale Brewing of Westerly, Rhode Island. We all know that HMS Pistol League ran aground years ago, and now we're just left with a dinghy party. Just the name of the beer. It is a, a Kolsch brewed with key lime. It's a little, it's snappy. It's not super sour. It's a little citrusy. Always snappy and sometimes sour in New Jersey. It's Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Good evening, Jeffrey. Um, I have a Mikla today. I got a different one from last time I was on the pod. Uh, it's the Staff Magician, which is a nice pale ale. Uh, New England pale ale. It's not very hazy. It's much more of a traditional pale ale in my, in my kind of like view of things. Um, it's the Mikula San Diego Brewery. Um, it's very nice. Five and a half percent. Quite clean. Yeah, there's no ABV on mine that I could find, but I'm guessing it's like five-ish or so. Out in the great Northwest, it's Mike Laroon. Mike, what are you drinking? Hey, Jeff. How you doing? Uh, yes, out Northwest. I am drinking a Northwest Red Ale from Away Days. This is Brits Abroad, which um, <laughs> is a fantastic uh, drink. And actually, I'm drinking this in honor of... Uh, I know you have um, uh, Football Factory, uh, Pete, right? Pat, Patty, Pete. Pete, who's at Football Factory? Jack. 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 Here we go. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. But Pete, I, I know whatever. you guys got to. I, I know you guys got to see him recently, and then, um, but also out here we have Pete and Jack who run away days, and uh, um, very, very happy to. Unfortunately, Jack is moving on to Spokane um, if he hasn't already, so we're going to miss him. He was the, the guy that opened the door for us at 6.30 in the morning. So, um, Nonetheless, the, the West Coast IPA they have is the, the Red Ale, and it's fantastic. On this week's edition, we'll cover the Bristol and Blackburn games. We'll do some Wednesday and greater continental football news, because that's been a week. And we'll preview the upcoming game against Middlesbrough. But we'll start with Bristol and Blackburn. I'll do my talking point first. I did not watch the Bristol City game. Don't make me get up at 7 a.m. Don't make me get up at 7 a.m. the last day of the season. Just get relegated already. <laughs> Nothing in... Like, you could have shook me awake at 10 a.m., which is about when I woke up. And you didn't have to tell me. I checked my, I checked my phone. I had the iFile notifications. Wednesday scoring in the fourth minute. Bristol having a man set off. Bristol scoring in the 86th minute. I'm like, yeah, I I, I could have predicted exactly that happening. Well, you've so seen this game before, Jeffrey. I right? have. Which is, yeah. I mean, you could probably see it in your uh, sleep between My the dreams. hours of 7 o'clock and 9 o'clock. Yes. Nightmares, yeah. <laughs> it was... Uh, uh, it was a repeat. It was a repeat of what we've seen previously in the sixth year. It was so frustrating. Um it was one of those games where we just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Um, one of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously... Been 43 we... of those so far? Well, 42. I'll give us credit for the Cardiff game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had, we had one game where we put them in the back of the net. It just it was so frustrating. We, we were all over Bristol um, from minute one through to minute 87. Or 86, whatever it was, when they conceded. But it was just... Um, just wouldn't go in. We just didn't have the quality. I think we have, we've got triers in the team. We've got a number of people emerging in this last few games now that are trying. 
and I wanted to call out Liam Palmer, uh, Barry Bannon, um, and Windass, uh, and and Burner. I think those are the four that I would want to give some kind of credit to here. That they're trying. Uh, they haven't all got the quality. I'm not going to say they're the best players in the world. They're not. Um, but at least they're putting, they're leaving out on the field at the moment. Uh, I think Bannon was a little unlucky with his penalty. I don't think it was a bad penalty. I don't think it was like awful. It was just could have been some more power. But the keeper got down really well to it. It was kind of on the floor. So uh, that little bit of luck that we've, we've missed most of the season um, and quality in the final third. Um, again. Trips is up. Mike, you want to talk more about Bannon's penalty kick? Yeah, there was... Uh, I, I just hope that... I mean, that's what you read about. Um, when I say read about, I mean, that's what hits social media for, for half an hour during the game. And He's been good. Again, I didn't see you it. Go back I didn't and watch, watch the highlights. It. It fine. I mean, He's been and good I on pens this year. Yeah. For the two we've won before this, I think. Yeah, it was fine. But the... the yeah, I was trying to remember how many how many pins we've had all I season. I think he scored two. It's not been that many, but okay. But this team, um, again, sleepwalking through a one nil lead for what sixty five minutes, and then conceding in the eighty seventh. Uh, following what we did with the second match with Luton and the, the brother matches, yeah, this is just totally inevitable. Um, I, I never felt good about it. I, I I was halfway between you guys where I set my alarm for five something so I can listen to the second half of the game and fall back asleep and your mind does weird things. I, it was no, this was totally predictable. Somebody in the New York Hills WhatsApp talking about how the Luton game is one that really stings for them. And you can point out this one. You can point out Norwich. You can point out any number. I mean, they've dropped what? How many points is it from winning positions now? Thirty eight. Um, and again, it really comes down to three or four wins, a six-point deduction. But again, if we were less shit, we wouldn't be shit. It's the thing. If they weren't blowing these, if they were better, they wouldn't be blowing yeah. these games. And they haven't been good enough. And here we are. And the Blackburn game was whatever. I actually turned it on and watched. I think I turned around ten minutes because I was dealing with the baby. But I watched almost all of it, and it was it was fine. Like they played okay. I thought Bannon had a good game. They defended all right. Palmer had a good game too. Uh, there was like nothing, but there's just nothing noteworthy about it. And it, they seem to pick up a little bit of urgency. I think the the goal was against the run of play and a little bit lucky. And I hope they played better in the second half. And maybe we're unlucky not to get a second. They also had some let offs at the back. Um, Blackburn definitely should have had a goal late than shot right at Westwood, but. It just, it felt like two mid-table teams playing out the string, like after Wednesday scored Blackburn. They had looked good early, but couldn't really be. Like, they weren't too bothered about getting back into the game. Uh, the only problem with that is uh, Wednesday's in a relegation scrap, if you still even consider it a relegation scrap. So you'd like to see a little more something, I guess. But the, I, it wasn't bad. Like, I don't know. They've no, got... It's not good this... enough. It's no. not good enough, this... but it's not if they like. There's a chance they play like the, play basically like they played against Blackburn. They win their last three games based mm. on who they're playing we... and who doesn't really seem to care. Yeah, I don't think we but... do. I don't think we've got enough goals in us. I think we go back to that old trick where we're. I think the Cardiff City was clearly an anomaly. We haven't scored um, more than one goal that often this season. 
Uh, and it, it's showing again now. I feel like we've got a similar situation with the Mets and DeGrom at the moment, when, uh, people that aren't watching the Mets at the moment. So DeGrom's the best pitcher in baseball and has been for years and years and years, but the Mets can't score runs to back him up. So he's actually got a losing record, I think, overall, or maybe just a much, much worse record than he should have. But I've got a situation with Jordan Rhodes now where I think when he's on the pitch, we don't create any chances. But when he's not on the pitch, we create loads of chances which we think Jordan Rhodes should score. <laughs> And it's, it feels like a similar situation between the Mets and the Grums. We kept, we've got this, this this ace in the pack, but when he's on the field, we can't fucking do it for him. Uh, and I, I, felt, I just felt like that was a case in a couple of the, um, the last uh, few games is where you think, oh, this is a great game with Jordan Rose. getting loads of crosses in the box and everyone's fucking all the chances up. You put Jordan Rose on, he does nothing for 30 minutes. And it's just so frustrating. I don't know how he can't get these two things to work out. It's, always, it's, it's when we had the last four years, hasn't it? Yeah, and it's yeah. been. But I thought we'd gone a little bit. I thought with Windass and Rose, we'd a little bit of kind of a partnership, but it just kind of fizzled out again. Um, I think I said earlier on, Windass has um, really impressed me over the last few games. Um, he's got a few assists, uh, got a goal again, on, and then Blackburn a bit fortuitous goal. Yeah, I think he's responsible for nine goals in the last uh, handful of games, which is you know I think five and four with assists. But yeah, um, truly, I, I, again, had they played, they played against Bristol, uh, or sorry, Black. these were the same, these were the same <laughs> game. If they played like they played against Blackburn for, for, for 20 games this year, they could have put 10 or 12 points on the table. We'd be fine, but uh, it would, but it, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean it was good. It was just, it was fine. And there you go. I like how Powell's getting into the box more now, even though he can't finish. But it is, again, it's that, that, that I like that he's trying. I don't know if he's been given the remits to go further up the field. But his crosses are getting better. He still can't shoot, obviously. He had two good chances against Blackburn. Uh, one where he had about half an hour, I think, to line up his shot and take a shot and he hit straight the keeper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with some good work from reaching the left-hand side. And I think one where it was a little bit of a snapshot, but actually got a little bit close on his left foot, which just uh, went past the post. But um, yeah, I just, it's not pretty. We're still not good. Loads of sloppy passing. Not confident in the final third. And really our opponent at the back. But like you say, Jeff, we've got some teams that are on the beach already. Blackburn were totally on the beach. Middlesbrough, uh, a bit of life in them today, but I don't think they're going to, Follow it up with another one against the Saturday. Forest lost to town, Huddersfield Town earlier the day. It's just abject, abject performances all around in the championship. <laughs> you can tell by the tone in our voices that we haven't got any hope that we can up the um, ante a little bit more than what we've seen for the last few games. Yeah, I mean, if you want to zoom out, they've got three matches left. They win them all, they get to 48 points. Um, obviously, one of those games are against... Darby, who they're currently four points behind, so if Darby drops points somewhere along the way in their next two games, I think they have one with Swansea um, in there as well, and then some like it's like Birmingham or something. Um, you know, it could it good. Don't make me get up at seven a.m. the last day of the season. I'm not going to be happy. Uh, I think obviously the biggest the biggest thing on our season now is Rotherham, right, and yeah. how they're doing. I think. Derby, Derby are dropping like a stone. Both Derby and Rotherham are in terrible form. And surprisingly, if you look at the form table right now, not a lot of teams in our um, 
in our neck of the woods are in good form and we're probably in the best of form which is hilarious when you think about it uh, compared to people around us um so it might again be the abject performance of the football clubs around us rather than our own superiority that gets us out of this mess but we're if not getting is, out of this mess fatty no I, I, I think it's highly <laughs> yeah. unlikely highly if, unlikely if we do though that's probably what will be i mean like there's it would take that essentially because by definition they're four points off the pace with three games to go uh, and they do play oh. that team but if Darby wins their next two games they're safe well they're not safe because rather we've got a bunch of games in hand but they'll be they'll finish ahead of Wednesday so 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 in investing we have a term it's called the dead cat bounce which mm-hmm. is when a stock is dropping 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 and then it gives a little bit of life but that the Cardiff game was followed I think I think it was the same weekend that Norwich hung like seven on Huddersfield town and I was like, that goal differential, I mean, is this, and the, and the players were talking confidently, and I thought, is, is that the goal differential that's actually make a difference? And then they just have come out and stunk it up QPR, since then. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so their goal differential goes away right away. Yeah, I, someone on the uh, Facebook group today was posting about what the real odds are, and I fired back that I actually had them. We are at 92% chance of being relegated right now, according to 538. Sounds about right. So... Yeah, so they've run they've run this scenario a hundred times, and in eight of them we we get out. So there you go. There you go. Uh, all right, those are your match reviews. Uh, anything else on those two games? Anything of note? No, they no. were really boring. They were really kind of boring. boring. Yeah, I was like only half paying attention to much of the Blackburn game. This is the most boring relegation fight I've ever been a part of. All right, let's take a break, and we'll try to liven things up with some Wednesday news and a Middlesbrough preview. Support for Owls Americas is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. And we have an exclusive offer for our listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code OWLS at manscaped.com. That's O-W-L-S at manscaped.com. They've hooked us up with a bunch of tools, Mike, from their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. You got the kit too uh, a few weeks ago. How have you found it? So I have to admit, this is something I would have never gone out and done on my own. And I am super happy that I discovered it. It's really high quality stuff. I think one of the things that has happened during COVID is uh, we all try to squeeze in a lot more things while we're working from home. So I actually do my workouts and uh, sometimes head straight for my my desk to, to be on conference calls and probably not the most situation, but uh, since using some of this Manscaped products, it's actually felt much better. <laughs> so, Has your workload noticed? I hope not. I hope <laughs> I didn't notice in the first place, but that's that's part of the home office secrets. So, um, But granted, most of my work colleagues are uh, six and eight uh, time zones in front of me, so I'm doing okay. <laughs> the other thing I want to bring up, though, is you know I have only owned one beard trimmer in my life, and I probably bought it at Walgreens or CVS for 20 bucks or something. And then to actually get this hardware from Manscaped is just, it's really high quality stuff. Very impressed. Cool. Thanks, Mike. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code OWLS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code OWLS 
unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Welcome back. Now it's time for some Wednesday news and some uh, scary news this week. Uh, Darren Moore, who had been back with the first team after getting over COVID, well, not getting over COVID, but after diagnosed with COVID, uh, came down with pneumonia and blood clots. And uh, I don't know if he's actually in the hospital or if he's resting at home right now, but of course we wish him all the best. And it's just one more reminder how scary this virus is. And how unlucky Sheffield Wednesday are. Well, 30, 30 years Nothing ago, really Patty, to add, but we yeah. wish him well. And as to say, pardon the cliche, but yes, some things are, are more important than sports right now. So um, hope to see him back uh, in time, properly rested. 30 years ago, things were a little bit better. It is the 30th anniversary of the Rumbelows Cup win. And there are some mugs, Patty. <laughs> yeah we really pushed the boat out for this one yeah um 30th anniversary of our last trophy we've won um and um the terrorists to be fair, the terrorists they've put out the actual shirt so they've done a, a, a remake a nice, of the shirt it's a nice shirt <laughs> yeah with asda on the front obviously and the the whole kind of detail on the blue stripes is really nice too they recreated that so the terrorists who are the official replica shirt company of wednesday have done a better job than actually the club who have just put out a, a limited edition mug yeah. <laughs> um and that's it i think they've put a couple, a couple of articles on the website is very disappointing um uh but yeah um I, I think if you're looking for more um uh better ways to relive that fantastic day the entire game's looks, on youtube isn't it yeah you also look <laughs> to the fan community i mean yeah. there's people like also we had interviewed john hacks a couple of years ago yeah uh, Wednesday week, we interviewed John Harks, interviewed Roland Nielsen recently. They interviewed Phil King and other people uh, around that era. Uh, so don't go to the official routes. Go to uh, your fan community uh, podcasts and uh, listen to some of the players speak to our fans. Speaking of the fan community, uh, Barry Bannon has been declared the Owls community champion. I think they're doing a lot of... A lot of um, a lot more effort this year in this space. Um, and uh, I'll touch on it a little bit more with the uh, support or engagement panel minutes later on. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm congratulations to Barry. Uh, he's, he's obviously done a lot of work since he's been a, a captain. He needs to step up in that respect. And that's what he's done. Um, and I think it's fully deserved. Well, the next topic is the supporter engagement panel, Patty. So <laughs> I'm not spending a lot of time on it this time around. Um, again, I didn't make it. Even so, so again, Owls Americas are on this engagement panel where they keep having them at four in the morning on saturdays <laughs> so apparently that's when it's most convenient for most people to do it um at the uk time we start I, sending mike so you can just stay up till one <laughs> <laughs> we are the only uh outside of the uk group on this panel so i've got a very kind of uh, small sway about what time these things happen uh i wanted to call so th these are on the website again after every engagement panel forum i don't know what you could call them anymore uh they post the minutes uh, after they go back and forth and we approve them in the panel uh, on the website. So you can see these minutes on the website. You can see what's being discussed. You can reach out to the people that are involved in them. So if you, obviously if you're at Owls Americas, uh, if you're in, in Americas, reach out to us and we can try and represent your questions. I saw a new one today on the Facebook forum. So thank you for that. I'll make sure that's 
pushed up the ladder. Um, there's a few things I wanted to call out from this panel. Uh, we again talk around fan and community engagement. Um, and that's what I think um, the club were very keen to kind of share some of the initiatives they've done over the last year. So the announcement of the Helping Hand Initiative, where SWC offers assistance to the community supporters impacted by COVID. Uh, Lee Bullens received a national award for like, that meeting with, I think it was the um, uh, Sid the Greek guy on Twitter, uh, the mental health. Um, numerous players have, con- have contacted people through lockdown. So I think the idea of a job in this is like one-on-one engagement part of the community. I still think there's more they could do with partnering groups and raising their profiles like ourselves, selfishly. <laughs> Um, and the ladies group too and um, things like that um, so that was kind of a whole piece of fan engagement there you can read that, that there there's a whole section about season ticket refunds I'm not going to go into that you can read about it on the uh, minutes and then there's something at the end which I think it, we often get told to ask him all the time um, which is about what is our infrastructure like at the club who's our senior management team who does what basically and we we were a bit more specific in this second follow-up meeting i think i remember last time we asked him for like the list of their senior management team and he posted up mainly admin staff uh i think the head chef was listed as part of the management team if you remember i was joking about last time around uh and we asked a bit more like specific saying well we we believe successful clubs have had uh directors of football they've had ceos in place so we actually believe and suggested to the uh, chairman that they hire a director of football and that they hire a CEO. Um, And essentially, um, Dave Panchansiri said he didn't believe that a director of football would work. And and because he thinks that he wants the manager to have that responsibility. Uh, Whether he does have that responsibility or not is, I mean, we have to take his word on it, I assume. Uh, regarding the CEO, uh, he said that in, in Asia and in, where he's from, that the chairman often takes the role of CEO and the kind of into, into kind of like place in that, in that way. And that is the case here too, obviously, those two. Uh, he says he's got an experienced senior management team, uh, even though uh, it wasn't really uh, very impressive on the website. Um, but he says they do have scouting networks in every division, apparently. Um, do they have one in dish- League One? <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's in League One, yeah and separate sky systems in place for the academy. So that's all we got. There's more details about it on the um, on the uh, website. We spoke about injuries for a little bit. And the uh, nice thing was we actually got a little bit of appearance from Darren Moore. Uh, it's usually just um, Dapon and Trevor Braithwaite in these calls. But uh, we said we'd like to meet the manager and have a chat with him too. And actually, while we, uh, they were on this call, he called Darren up. Uh, on his phone and said, Hey, the support engagement panel want to speak to you. And like five minutes later, Darren Moore just dials in and says hi. Um, so that was quite nice. And he said that he obviously wants to be part of it in a more meaningful uh, discussion. Um, and we'll get Darren on uh, for a chat um, later in one of these panels. But yeah, I thought it was quite funny. I just dialed him up on the on Zoom call and then dial, Zoom, he Zoom dialed him later on. Uh, loads more stuff on that uh, panel meeting, but I won't go into it. There's some I would say there's nothing earth-shattering. It's some of stuff that we've kind of we kind of hit a lot of brick walls with this. We did say we wanted a bit more of a two-way communication. We want the club to set more of the agenda. We want them to uh, kind of help us help them. 
they are pushing back a little bit and saying that this should be fan-led, which is a term that's um, come from the FSA. Uh, but all that really means is that the um, the kind of administration of it is fan-led rather than the actual communication of it. Yeah, I, thought, so, I thought I thought fan-led is how we got Jordan Rhodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we, we, we're, kind of, we're kind of in a little bit of a kind of, I don't know, um, back and forth with them at the moment about, okay, guys, you need to be a bit more prescriptive with what you want from this. So I, I don't think we are getting very far. Um, so watch this space. Uh, again, if you've got any questions you want the task chairman, come through us, ours Americas, uh, and we shall try and represent your questions. Well, it could be worse, Patty. You could be a fan of one of the 12 clubs of the already defunct European Super League, which I believe uh, was conceived, well, not conceived, but announced, pilloried, and fell apart in between the Bristol City and Blackburn games. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a lifetime. It does already kind of feel like old news, except Florentino Perez keeps giving press conferences about it every night, uh, which is something you, uh, you can't stop. But yeah, I obviously this does not uh, apply to or specifically affect Sheffield Wednesday, but we're all soccer fans and part of the greater community of the sport. And look, you don't need us to come on here and, and rant about it, although we might end up doing that about why it's a bad idea. It's been elucidated everywhere from The Guardian down to you know, team blogs and team podcasts of even the, you know, the teams that were going to be in it. It was widely and, and rightfully put in its place to the point that chairmen are resigning that were involved in it. Owners are looking to sell and it does feel like it's just putting off the inevitable on some level. Um, you know, it didn't work this time, but the next time they do it, and there will be a next time, because the way these teams burn through money and these ownership groups that want the guaranteed income, they want the, you know, their their vig to be completely divorced from how good the product on the field is, is it's going to be something that looms over the sport just because there's so much money in it. And I made a I made a joke on Twitter. It wasn't really a joke that like I'm watching my club get relegated to league one and i feel like i've made better choices than anyone involved in the european super league because the idea is like i should be the audience for this right i want to see these teams play each other but if they're just playing each other in a closed league it doesn't become a big deal like you know when when liverpool plays real it's usually like in you know a champions league knockout phase for the most part um and it was earned it was earned through their domestic league performance they are one of the best team like I got news for you. Arsenal AC Milan right now is not a glamour fixture. There are a lot of matches I'd rather watch than Arsenal AC Milan. Um, and it's just like a complete miss. Uh, a completely narrow view of what, what the sport is, which is essentially a plaything for the rich. And the idea that it should be that it's only marquee matches that matter. And that, you know, Burnley against west ham on a saturday at 10 a.m is just content for an over-the-top streaming service like amazon prime or i guess it's peacock here in the states um and just 
and you know we've talked a lot about sort of like like what Wednesday is like I would rather watch Wednesday in League One than be part of this sort of European Super League idea or the, even like it does reveal sort of the you know the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow in the Premier League isn't all it's cracked up to be basically you know there's more to supporting a club than these you know than the what was it with the whole Wednesday match like the 160 million pound football match or whatever it was and like look the club needs the money and you want the team to be good enough to be in the premier league like that's the idea right whether it's called the premier league or the first division you want to be one of the best clubs in England but it's been 30 years since that Rubbleos cup win and man the sport's just not the same as it was then in a lot of ways some for good but some for ill certainly that's my rant, which was actually a lot more measured than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I have some thoughts on this. This uh, a couple things caught me off guard, and then I had to do some soul searching about all this. Um, first of all, I was surprised at how immediate and maybe even hyperbolic the reaction was um, that this was going to be the end of soccer as we know it, um, football as we know it. Uh, and I was surprised how universal that was. Um, I saw some people on Twitter saying that this was a, I don't know what the target audience was, which is where I come to my soul searching in a bit. Well, you'll see. Um, I'm also surprised at how many people think that yesterday uh, when the English clubs all started pulling out was the greatest day in the history of uh, world football and that somehow the revolution is over. Um, cause as you stated, Jeff, it's inevitable. It's going to happen again. And they've been discussing and this for a decade at this point. This they is the first time they bothered to actually put out the press release. Right. So I, I will flash back. I think it was 2016. Uh, my son and I drove down to Eugene, Oregon, which is not the Bernabeu. <laughs> and we watched PSG take on Inter Milan. I hope I got that right. I think it was, it was PSG and I'm pretty sure it was Inter Milan. It was put on, I think the organization is Relevant Sports put it on, and I will tell you that PSG park, took over the parking lot with the charm offensive. They gave my son so much shit, flags, everything. And and, this, and he was uh, eight at the time. Loved it. And, but, and then going back and I'm thinking about this notion of these midweek games between Juve and Real or Barca and Liverpool. Who is the target audience for that? Who doesn't care about the tradition? Who doesn't care about that there's no relegation? I'm wondering, is that where I fit in? And then I am one of these people, these consumers who has all these streaming services. I, you know, we have, I mean, there's, obviously, we had, there's obviously money in it or they wouldn't be looking to do it. Yeah. We, we had Fubo, we had BN, we had all those things. Um, you know, we had BN just so we could watch um, El Clasico every year. Uh, I mean, I'm not knocking El Clasico. El Clasico is a great match. Yeah. yeah. You know, Champions but League it's... quarterfinals are yeah. great matches. Like this isn't, this is meant to replace that and just divorce it from the overall European league structure is the thing. If this was its own separate yeah. league, that would be stupid on one level, but that would also be its own thing. This is just a cynical cash grab. 
if you want to create a closed European, well, we were trying to structure, figure out the logistics. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, they they clearly hadn't done any of that. Like, they didn't have their website was a mess. They didn't have TV deals lined up already. But, I don't. Yeah, know if you're also just talking about adding. Threat, you're talking but, about adding eighteen. You're talking about adding eighteen games just to get the group stages out right. to your schedule, and you're expecting that we're going to celebrate this and watch you play FA Cup games. And well, the you other know, thing is, if the international market is the if the idea is that the international fans of Arsenal don't care about Arsenal versus Burnley, I want to see Arsenal play uh, Atletico Madrid or Barcelona or whoever. That's all well and good, but they're still going to go on at prime time in Europe. So it's like three o'clock on a Wednesday is not going to do a huge rating in New York City or Sao Paulo or wherever. It's going to be worse in Southeast Asia as well, where it's basically overnight at that point. So So what they want, they were trying to capture the European primetime market at that point. And look, when this happens, they're going to sell the TV rights for a ton of money. And these the the rich will get richer here, and you've already heard talk about the Glazers looking to sell now, and maybe the Fenway Sports Group and John Henry that owns Liverpool wants to get out. And yeah, on one level, that's maybe a net good for the game, but who's buying these? Who can afford to buy these clubs at this point? Like this is the issue you see in baseball all the time too and i'm known as a mets fan too like they were owned by the Wilpons for years and years and years um i don't know if there's a soccer i mean mike ashley is probably the closest soccer equivalent to the Wilpons, but with uh more uh less sexual harassment more binge drinking basically <laughs> would be the less alleged sexual harassment more binge drinking um but i guess not alleged binge drinking if it's literally in his biography um but you know who can really afford to buy the Mets well it's one of the richest hedge fund owners and accused well, I mean not even accused a profligate financial criminal Steve Cohen but Steve Cohen is wants to win and like, the best you can hope for is that you will get a billionaire owner that wants to win and I don't know if that's John Henry it certainly hasn't been the Glazers so far it hasn't been Stan Kroenke with Arsenal there's like the money's not getting out of football anytime soon that die was cast 30 years ago with the formation of the premier league this is just the next uh this is this is the slippery slope basically this is the not not even the bottom of the slippery slope but we are now on the slippery slope yeah it's hard I, i i wouldn't be surprised if the next thing we see is champions league moving to saturdays and uh them getting a bigger cut but it's hard to say what their ultimate plan was. I don't think they know what their ultimate plan was. <laughs> Part of the problem. Well, just to seen, get money. That was the whole thing. Just to get money. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Like a lot of these clubs, you know, uh, Man U, Liverpool, and Arsenal want the money. Both the Milan clubs probably need the money. Uh, Barcelona's a fucking mess. Madrid's always half broke. So, I mean, I mean, Chelsea and Man City, it didn't really make sense, but I assume they just didn't want it to happen without them, more or less. And same thing with Juve. Because, again, it's it's free money, right? I don't even know if Man City's going to stop trying to win the league in that way. Um, but, yeah, I just don't... Again, it's like, what are we trying to do here? 
like who is this like i don't know who this is actually good for you know who's the audience this is again sort of a baseball issue like when you watch the espn national broadcast or the fox national broadcast there's this they're appealing to this weird casual fan that i don't think actually exists now maybe like i i think soccer might be a little bit different like i have friends that will like toss on a game we'll watch el clasico or we'll watch the champions league final or we'll toss on the manchester derby or you know a, a liverpool game or something like that or a big italian match uh, if they know it's happening but there's there's cachet for that where i don't know if there is for a twice a year spurs at letty match I think there. I think there was probably a, a lot more casual fans uh, interested in. The I mean, ultimately, League. you just need a certain amount of clubs to make this work. Is the thing you can't do it with the eight big teams. <clears throat> I think there's more than enough um, newish Premier League fans uh, globally. Sure. Would, I mean, they're, they're obviously an audience. For, I'm not saying there's not an audience for it. I'm saying, um, and uh, like. Mike said the death of football. I don't think it's, it's like the slow death of football, right? It's monetizing the rot is what it comes down to. Like it will take 20 years for this to have enough of a deleterious effect where like the TV bubble bursts or the Madrid spends through whatever money they make off this too and try to find the next, uh, the next big cash out or a team gets sold or takes on a bunch of debt. It's these it's like with like the too big to fail sort of model. It, the uh Florentino Fred's thing is like, oh, the top three teams don't make any money and all the bottom seventeen teams make money or, you know, I saw someone on Twitter say, Oh, Harry Maguire sold for seventy million. That's that's ridiculous. Like, oh it's that's what the valuation is on the player now. It, it's there's so much money in the game. You know, you can make the decision. Don't buy Harry Maguire for 70 million pounds. Develop your own players through your academy. And right, spend but your money if that they way. didn't buy it for 70 million pounds, someone else would have. So they need to level the playing field with some kind of, if some kind of wage or, or transfer cap uh, in order to stop clubs going bust. Because until they do that and implement it across the whole of... Well, that's... Well, so that's that with the, Europe. I get that. That's one of the arguments, I guess, was that FFP is not being enforced. But like... Chelsea and Man City both ran around ran aground of FFP recently, and FFP functionally exists to pull up the ladder behind nouveau rich clubs like PSG and Chelsea and Man City. Yeah, FFP is not in its current state a, a, a viable solution for any of this, for anyone. Uh, obviously, the state has got us into. It's punishing the clubs like us uh, and not punishing the ones like Real Madrid who are $500 million in debt and trying to broker agreements to uh, have a non-merit-based Super League just to uh, get some extra funding. And it's just it's just all upside down. Um, and it's on, I mean, the FA and the EFL and Super League and Serie A can all part of these joint statements saying we're disgusted and we're against this Super League. It's their fault they're breaking away in the first place. They created these monsters mm-hmm. by lack of governance or lack of good rules in place and regulations in place to monitor these owners. They just let owners come into the um, Premier League and hand them the reins of our clubs without doing proper vetting. I mean, it's just 
insane. The fit and proper Persians test, which I know is an EFL standard, has been a joke for the better part of a decade. Look at at some of the owners. I think Massimo Cellino is always the. uh, (laughs) Like he was, he didn't get approved initially because he had like an illegal yacht or something. But then there's some weird Italian law where if you appeal, it enters a not guilty verdict automatically. So then he was able to get approved because he was appealing his conviction for some illegal yacht shit, like. Yeah, you can't bring these people into your to your group uh, and then be surprised at yeah. how uh, greedy and corrupt and sometimes Ill- illegal and criminal these people are. So uh, it's on their heads at the end of the day, uh, and they're, 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 they've made their own rod for their back. All right, back to exciting championship action. This weekend... Head to Middlesbrough. Are they home against Middlesbrough? No, we're away. Away at Middlesbrough. It's away at Middlesbrough, home at Forest, away at Derby. Is that the last three? Is that right? That's right. Away to Middlesbrough. Uh, Their win against Rotherham today after Rotherham went down to 10 men was their first in six. As you can score goals when you're up a man. That might be dangerous for uh, Wednesday this weekend. Their style is to get down the wings and cross it in. Again, always a good strategy against Wednesday. Uh, much like Wednesday, they create a good amount of chances, just not scoring many goals. Watmore is their top scorer with seven. Seville with six. Does that include his goal today? Because I think he added one as well. Yeah, George Salata's goal today. He's, he's also good at assists, Seville, as well. Um, it's, I, I spoke to Ellen briefly. I wanted to get Ellen on the, on the podcast today. Uh, obviously, our, um, our New York Borough correspondent. Um, but uh, she couldn't make it today. Uh, but she did say that basically... Warnock's coasting and uh, resting players, and he's had enough of most of them. And she's not watched much games herself. Well, well you say that, football. Patty, but it sounds like yeah. Warnock's going to be up for this weekend. Who's who's he resting him for? Yeah, <laughs> he could very much be resting for his cup final on Saturday because he, he said after today's game, he was disappointed. It's Rotherham. I want them to stay up. I've told the lads they have to try twice as hard on Saturday versus Sheffield Wednesday. Hmm. Obviously, doing his uh, doing panto his routine, yeah, yeah, panto villain rule. Charming. It's hard. Charming. To, it's hard to be a villain in English football this week. The standards been set pretty high. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> Neil Warnock is not the problem. Yeah, I mean, he would love to relegate us. Oh, yeah, yeah. he would love nothing more. Yeah, I still think he's got a bit of a soft spot for. It. I think he just likes playing it up. Yeah, um, sure. And I don't think his team's good enough to beat us, if I'm honest with you. Uh, I don't think they've got the same kind a lot, of... Uh... A lot of bad teams have been good enough to beat Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, know. Okay. I don't know where that air, air arrogance came from just then. Yeah. <laughs> it's only been watching Jeffrey Wednesday last this season. They're not good Did enough to beat Wednesday. Did you watch the Wickham game? <laughs> have you... Let me introduce you to Jeffrey Wednesday. Um, no, I, I just... I, I think... I think it's either going to be a very boring nil-nil draw, or we might squeak it one-nil. Um, I feel like that the the team might be buoyed by not just their own results this this week, but the results around them. They so played pretty fair. well. I mean, this is I guess this was no, this was Neil Thompson last time. It was after Pulis, but they played pretty well against Borough last time. It was very much uh, you know Middlesbrough was playing the classic. 80s, 90s, hoof it style, and Wednesday were playing a little more out from the back and a little more, you know, quick passing and movement. And I think they'll probably set up similarly and play similarly and might be able to roll out a similar result. Because they're going to make the, 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 the end, 
the end result here, really, overall, is they're going to make me wake up at 7 a.m. the last day of the season to watch and I'll set up some advertising care. signing in my house so I can to, kick it after the airs. <laughs> Patty, where can people watch the Middlesbrough game? Um, meetups. They're happening again. Um, people are getting vaccinated. Bars are opening. Uh, we've got one in New York uh, in the Football Factory, uh, back at our home bar. Um, it's fantastic. Back down there, we were back down there a couple weeks ago for the QPR humiliation. Great, 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 uh, great return to uh, <laughs> yeah. home sweet home. We had a lovely bacon butty. <laughs> and that was the highlight of the day. Uh, I believe uh, Jamie's uh, in New Orleans Saturday too. So if you're in New Orleans, uh, head on down to Finn McCool's. Um, I think it'll be a, a long while before you get regular other meetups happening at the moment. But uh, I believe uh, I've mentioned this on the podcast before too, Mike. Are we about Toffee Club, your bar closing down? Is that something we've mentioned so already? Toffee Club, uh, Toffee Club is, is um, alive. Um, they are hoping to be open by the Euros for matches, but no, there will not be meetups uh, for the rest of the season. Oh, if the Euros happen, if the Olympics happen. <laughs> Well, I'm glad at least they're not completely dead. Much yeah, they're, they're hanging in there. So, Do we have any other business, Patty? Mm, no. no. I, said, I put a question in here saying, will we survive? But I think we've already covered it. Yeah, it's 92% think... that they won't. <laughs> I think our mood is 92% the same. I'm not checking this because I think you put the wrong episode every week now. No, it's 134. I'm pretty sure it's 135. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. If one of our listeners is keeping track, can you please? Um, <laughs> we might have two hundred followers. Who's counting? I don't even know what I'm looking at here. When the quality is this good, yeah, it's one thirty-five. You've been listening to episode one hundred and thirty-five of the Owls Americast. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Owls Americas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesdayites, Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download the podcast. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americas, we ask that you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. Support for the Owls Americas is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code OWLS, it's capital O-W-L-S, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Mike is on Twitter, at Cascadia Owls. Mike, what are you most looking forward to when you get back to the Toffee Club? Oh, gosh. Um, they're, they're classic English breakfast. And uh, and the friends, of course. It's the friends you made along the way. It's friends, but, but no, mostly the, the, the black pudding. <laughs> the black pudding. Damn straight. Patty is on Twitter at Patty A. Jones and at New York Owls. Patty, are you looking forward to that first cider at uh, 9.45 at Football Factory this weekend? Um, yes, I am, actually. Uh, we've actually got uh, not just cider this weekend. We're going to a few breweries afterwards, too. So we're going to a few of the Brooklyn breweries. Um, so it should be a fun day. I decided that we have to balance out the pain with pleasure. Um, so after every game of the season, we'll do something nice afterwards. <laughs> so uh, Saturday includes uh, breweries. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. Maybe I'll have a 
celebratory Newcastle since I can't get back to Football Factory this season. We will be getting back to you next week.